This is the PropTech VC Podcast. We give you unique insights into how innovative technologies are disrupting real estate. We interview top entrepreneurs, investors, and knowledgeable experts to share the inside scoop in this fast-moving industry. It's hosted by leading PropTech VC, Zane Jaffer. Let's dive into today's content. Another interesting phenomenon is that this sort of arrogance doesn't just extend to corporations maybe some of it comes at a government level and it trickles down to society but you know i'm i'm um, in the us it's a lot more common to see you know chinese born americans here who are so integrated into culture um whereas it's much rarer to see folks like yourself um who you know originally hail from the Western world and are, are deeply rooted into China and are making a conscious effort. And I would say um, an entire decade's worth of progress was probably undone with, with Trump and the rhetoric around China. Um, and, you know, this tit for tat sort of trade war that was, in, 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 you know, looming. Uh, but it, it just seems to be very, um, very imbalanced in terms of, uh, you know, there's a lot more humility coming from the Chinese camp and uh, not, I don't know, do, do, do you agree with this or, or do you think I'm off the mark? No, no I, I don't disagree at all. I, I think what I see is China has been very restrained up until very recently, number one. Number two, I think the uh, a lot of people I know who are very seasoned Asia hands are astounded at the level of hubris and arrogance and sort of out of touchness with how far China has come how sharp its teeth are when it comes to its military and its technological responses. The fact that it has probably a far more effective uh, spy network uh, than America at this point. I would say that's true. Its technological capabilities in cryptography and eavesdropping are probably as good or better. Um, The currency rollout is years ahead of the Fed. The uh, BSN blockchain network, America doesn't even have one. The uh, build out of the 5G network is almost probably 90%, 90% done. Um, the super apps allow these 5G networks and edge, edge computing to all combine together to pretty much um, instantly just turn on the switch for the blockchain service network. Uh, Alibaba and Tencent are in 55 to 60 countries. And so China really has the high road when it comes to the high ground. The, the Silk Road, which is, you know, Beijing, Chengdu, Singapore, you know, um, Afghanistan, Pakistan, uh, over to, you know, the Middle East, Horn of Africa, you know, Jerusalem, Rome, London. There's your Silk Road, right? And, and I think in, in terms of a lot of that, China has a lot of it already sewn up. And, and so America's been sort of asleep at the switch. Uh, and I think also AT&T and Verizon were just asleep at the switch when it came to 5G. Nobody was on the ball there, and so America's 5G rollout is still very primitive. And it's consumer-based, it's not industrial-based. 5G, it requires an industrial application. And, and most important, you know, and, and, and the topic today, the fact that, that China has, you know, basically 200 smart cities, and, and these super apps and the kind of, of, of finance to, to digitize building um, installation that you can get through these super apps, it's pretty much already there with China, through uh, Alibaba's Ding Talk and SMEs, smart cities, smart buildings, logistics, uh, ports, 
Tencent has WeChat Pay and uh, ByteDance has Lark. All of that is an SME funding rollout, which goes into the digitized nature of buildings and ports and logistics and transportation of goods and services. So oh. China is pretty much ready to turn on the switch and it's sort of turning on the switch right about now. So what what is a smart city? T tell us a bit about why China is really the model of the future for how PropTech could be. When, when we talk about visions of PropTech on this podcast, some of these things sound quite outlandish when you're listening to it from a Western perspective, but you, most people wouldn't even believe what's going on in China. So could you sort of set the context for what smart cities are and, and what that means in the context of PropTech in China? Yeah, and so so what what really for me? I mean, we've heard about you know oh you know smart cities are where traffic lights are, are really smart and, and traffic you know goes goes smoothly. That's just crap. You know we got to go. That's like twenty years ago, right? Stop it! Don't talk about that. <laughs> we are talking about the capability of, of of sort of melding you know financial services, working capital, you know all of the activities that are involved in in you know we forget eighty to eighty five percent of all economic activity as SMEs. The large corporations only uh, uh, only uh, uh, basically account for about 10 or maybe 13% of all economic activity. Life is about the SMEs, between 20 and 75, 100 employees. These guys are chronically short of working capital and loans. We have a blockchain-based system that is glued into the physicality of the world from the person's office, to the warehouse, to the logistical supply chain, transportation, to the port, to the ship. All of that in a city is basically, can be glued together and uh, working capital can be released, uh, right? Um, uh, as and when it's required, as each company completes its um, assigned product or it's assigned task or it's assigned uh, part of the, the cycle, right? Whatever particular type of cycle you have, whether it's building motorcycles or cars or um, uh, computer uh, sets, whatever, anything. And, and one of the, the companies that just listed in Hong Kong, which is Tencent uh, funded company called Linklogis is one of the new, uh, the new, the new entities that, that is capable of doing this. And, and what the blockchain technology does is it basically is sort of a superstructure over the banks and, and, and it gives sort of a, a bird's eye view of what is happening in the physical world and ties that to finance. That is a critical part of what uh, smart cities are. And this applies to, to insurance. It applies to people's activity, to people's health, to um, construction and construction accidents and, and eliminating construction accidents. It's extremely important for the green movement. China's, uh, if, if not the first priority, it's the second priority of China is the environment. And so there, there has to be a, a, a profound rethink of how much energy is used in a building. It, it's absurd. Right, people are in that building eight hours a day, and the building runs twenty four seven. This is this is this is crazy. Right, there has to be a way to, to radically reduce um, not just the uh, amount of energy a building uses, but how the energy is used in the building. Uh, and so, so and 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 footfall. I mean creating a kinetic energy with footfall and also learning from the kinetic energy of footfall, footfall. Who's walking? Where are they walking? Who's walking through your lobby every day? What are they looking at? What, what can you, I mean, this, this ties into advertising and marketing and, 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 you know, how do you build cities? And, 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 and what my really important point here is if you think you're just going to be in the business of selling square footage, 
as a property company, you're in big trouble. You need to actively and aggressively get involved in, in helping your tenant operate their business. And that's another critical part of what PropTech is all about. You know, you touched on advertising. I come from the advertising industry and it feels like the holy grail of advertising, uh, at least is tying the online to the offline and that's called O2O. Uh, yes. You know, this is a theme that I, when I was running my advertising technology startup, and I was amazed at sort of the innovations happening, even, even you know, um, seven, eight years ago, right? Um, when I started first visiting China and O2O, McKinsey predicts, it's a trillion dollar plus opportunity. And it feels like the advent of smart cities is really bringing together the ability to have sensors everywhere and to tie action to uh, intent and to, you know, things like footfall usage. Could you, could you discuss more on, on, on O2O specifically here? And, and could you also relate to us sort of as a consumer, a day in the life of a consumer living in a smart city, what, what, what does that mean? How does, it, how does it improve your life? How do you interact with technology? Is it QR codes? Is, is it chips in your brain? I mean, help our viewers appreciate what, how a smart city is, is real and tangible. Yeah, exactly. So, so we'll give you, now, by the way, Tencent is now building a, a smart city, right? Where, where, where a lot is being done to basically uh, creating a smart city for Tencent is creating an ideal place for people who can work and live and have families and and have lifestyle and they can get to work and they can be uh, they can arrive at work rested and ready for work and not frazzled and stressed and wrecked like most of us do when we get to work because we're in traffic for an hour and a half or we're in a, and we're just body to body in, in a metro system that is you know hideously inhuman uh, right so so that that's the big picture we get down into the nitty gritty you know how, how do you uh, how do you use footfall technology not just to to angle you know marketing and advertising and and and, and pop-ups to reduce you know traffic um, pedestrian traffic snarls Right, so so that's one of it. Is you know, what can you do to pre uh, prevent snarls in uh, pedestrian traffic as people get to work? What can you do as a small business owner when you get up in the morning to manage every single part of your business out of your phone, including automatic, you know, uh, prepayment uh, working capital from the bank? Because what you just sold to your uh, the guy down the, the the supply chain has arrived. He is uh, he. he through a blockchain system. He's authorized that it's arrived. The blockchain agrees. The money is released to you. You don't have to wait six months for the money. And then you can get on to, to, to your next uh, batch. And, and so China has a very fanatical you know, view of getting that credit to SMEs in the easiest possible way. And that's what something like DingTalk in Alibaba is exactly what I'm talking about here. And then WeChat pay for Tencent. And then this thing called Lark, which connects into basically 300 million people and about 25 million uh, SMEs right now. So there's automatic blockchain-based uh, distribution of capital, uh, which still involves the banks. The banks are still involved, right? And then of course you have all of the stuff where people can just go into a store, they can do a QR code on their phone, there's a, something of an honor system, and they can walk out the store without even going to a cash register, right? I mean, everything is just completely automated in, in your store experience. We're kind of getting that way in Singapore now. I, I was buying masks, I bought three instead of two because they were sort of together. 
And I just wanted to, by the way, I wasn't taking anything. <laughs> and I paid for it. I just walked out the door and then the alarm goes off and they said, can you please <laughs> see your bag? And I said, I'm so sorry, this is terrible. You know, I didn't get arrested, but but that took like 20 seconds to get my masks out of the store in, in, in Plaza Singapore. And so, so and, and it's on and on. I mean, the, 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 the possibilities of, of smart homes, as you, you and I are both aware, I mean, China's getting there. It's because of the super apps. Right. And, and America doesn't have that super app. That is what no. America's missing right now. Uh -huh. America's going on. They're, they're calling it a multi-channel, you know, effort and multi-channel and, and super app are not the same. Right. The Alibaba Tencent experience is everything is on your phone immediately there. It's all QR code. Nobody uses cash anymore. Everything is automatic and 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 sort of um, uh, doesn't have any any friction to it. But, uh, um, uh, PayPal is going to try to become a super app. Yeah, we'll definitely touch on super apps in, a, in another segment in a moment. I just want to dive into smart cities further. Um, help me appreciate the significance of, of the five-year plan that China has. And uh, could, you, could you set some historic context for our listeners on what the five-year plan is and how smart cities have come to be as a result of that, because it sounds like a massive organizational effort, uh, and you know China has like a lot of priorities. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's a great point, and and and, and that's the first like couple of chapters of the book uh, really talk about that, and 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 so yeah, you know, my first five-year plan I looked at was in 1992 when I was uh, working at Credit Suisse. I I, got, I was in charge of like deciphering the five-year plan of you know the the, the 1991 five-year plan, and so what you have now is a complete move away from targets and GDP goals and and output goals, and 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 the goals of the five-year plan that was just basically promulgated essentially this year and the last one from 2015 to 2020 were all you know fundamentally based on technological uh, achievement technological capability education um, education in the university system but also of the public and basically uh, runaway you know pretty much runaway duopoly with Alibaba and Tencent to let them have you know as much freedom as possible and they both became you know multi hundred billion dollar companies in that period of time and so the five-year plan is very much, you know, um, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of extremely bright people who run the top of the government, going all the way down to the street level, and you know, getting consensus on hundreds of issues, and then going all the way back up to the top, right? And so, so this thing is 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 a very complicated cake. And once the cake is baked, you know, Xi Jinping himself can't change it. Wow, right? And so, so this is a societal agreement on these are the priorities that we're going to hold you to as a government, as a governor of a province or a mayor of a city, including wow. smart cities, this is what you're going to be, this is how you're going to be judged. And by the way, private sector, you guys, you better read this because this is not going to change for five years. So it's a pretty good idea for you to base your business around this. Because by the way, we talked to you and you said this would be, you know, important for where we need to go as a country. And we would like this. This would be a really interesting idea. And of course, all along, China is trying to, to, to reduce the size of the state-owned enterprises and increase the size of, of, of the private sector. And so that's kind of the nuts and bolts so the five-year plan, and 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 of course, the, the 2015 to 2020 was really you know blockchain, 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 you know, um, coming out of their ears, and, and and you know we had years and years uh, as as you too, you lived through it. I mean, oh, when is the blockchain coming? Any minute now, any minute now. 
Well, it's here, it's born. Uh, the BSN is an extremely important element of this. And you go to bsnbase.com. I don't have any affiliation to BSN or any of these companies, but bsnbase.com you know, is a really important website. If you want to do business in China, you're going to have to go through that. And, and what you will not have to go through if you do business in China through BSN is SWIFT. This makes America very nervous <laughs> because uh, this means that you know, countries doing business with China do not have to have that SWIFT code that you need for any bank transfer. And anyway, what are we doing? Why is an Indonesian rupiah guy send, yeah. you know, who's doing a Philippine peso transaction, he's got to have a SWIFT code for his Philippine bank. Why, right? And so, so a lot of people are asking these questions, and this makes America really, really nervous because funding these gigantic deficits requires dollars, right? And, and the dollar circulation is vital.